Hello and welcome to Tools in the Shed. It's a podcast powered by Cars Guide and we're ready to rip into car stuff that has caught our eye this week. I'm James and with me is Matt G'day. and Richard. Aloha. We're going to celebrate the life and sudden passing of an Aussie icon, bring you up to date with what's been occupying our garage and we'll catch up with one of Silicon Valley's biggest winners in this week's Muskwatch. So stay with us. But we've had some feedback, which is terrific. Thank you very much. David Anderson says, The Cybertruck looks like it was designed and built by half a dozen children, mm-hmm. too gifted, uh, who lost interest halfway through. Yes. Yeah. And I, you, can't, you can't help but agree with that. Well, it, feel, it looks like it was drawn by one yeah. giant child. Well, and Hammer Rocks has piled on. Hammer Rocks has come in and said, Tesla should be investigated for child labour. So, you know, child labour transgressions. I'm sure the designer of the Cybertruck is still in kindergarten. Well, the, wow. the fit and finish looks like it may have oh, been yes. built by six-year-olds. Yes. Absolutely. Or oh, even younger. <laughs> yes. Did you get the picture I sent through to you guys of the alignment of the doors? Yes. Yeah. That car? We're going to show you that if you're watching Just on YouTube. Just a, uh, yeah, a, a grab from Oof. one of the promotional videos. It's kind of interesting. It just goes to show that that is not a car. No. <laughs> it's, no. It's some kind of object. Yes. It's yes. a mobile object. Well, he ran... Well... They believe that Elon ran over a little thing today, or this week. A oh, little, a uh, little, safety cone. Yes, or a, safety a bollard cone. or something the so- like that. And everybody was saying, a child-sized what? safety cone. <laughs> Have you guys seen the footage of it rolling through either New York or New Jersey yeah. or an American city? Just yeah. in the traffic? Oh, yeah? yeah? It's what pretty. I'll, I'll, you, you'll, I'll make sure that you get, okay. guys get to see it at the back there, but it's amazing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's a bit freaky. Okay, so then Joel Bowden says, he he stands and says, leather seats are already standard on the X-Trail STL. It's not an add-on for the Entrec. Right. And pretty much every car has weather shields in the accessory catalogue as an accessory. Mm -hmm. So not really a throwback. I wonder what what Nissan dealership do you work at? Uh, (laughs) What's his name? (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen the Lamborghini weather shield. No, I haven't either. That'd be a nice, Ooh, a nice option, oh, wouldn't it? it? It'd look cool. Well, then you could drive with Maybe the windows down and in yeah, the, the rain. scissor doors come up. Yeah. You know, they could the change w- colour. <laughs> <like that. laughs> they could be LED lit. Yeah, yeah, yeah a right. McLaren, you know, yeah. with, with the weather shield. With the shield. Yeah. So you can have yeah. your arm out, arm out and not yeah. upset the yeah. flow into well, the window. That's right. <laughs> so the cigarette, the ash doesn't come in when you're smoking. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Who smokes? Now, uh, BPR Ben Pinnock firstly says, look, guys, I am a filmmaker that is a green screen. I've used green screen before. Goodness. No, it is Seriously, it no, looks like a green sh- screen. Listen. This is a shed. Look, can you stand up? I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just going to go for a walk around. <laughs> <laughs> but then he follows up. Ben follows up again and says, Holden should stop. Mm, prescient Ooh, comment. Stop what? No one wants them because they say they are Australian but they get their cars from other car companies. Well, I don't know that they do say that they're Australian, Australian. do they? Well, I suppose the business technically is registered in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But it's an affiliate or a subsidiary of General General Motors. Motors. And actually, I have noticed uh, recently that there's been a little bit more of the General Motors Holden Uh uh, sort of wording wording. coming out. I mean, what car... I mean, you know, Mini isn't British. Mm. Um, Isn't it? No. You know, it's German. Owned by the Germans. Yeah. Gee, they had me fooled. The brand's <laughs> British. All those union flags on the, you yeah. know, mirrors and the lights. Oh. Yeah. I saw a set of aftermarket Suzuki Jimny, like current yeah. model, taillights with, with the, union jacks. Flags, hey. It's like, hang oh. on. 
What? There's that's no perfect. British connection. It's perfect. It's what just a doing? cultural ethnic mashup. Yeah. Wow. That's brilliant. I guess, well, yeah, they, they want it. They're customising their car. I guess. They were $500 as well. Mm. Keep no them. thanks. Keep that. Yeah. Uh, now, Da Cook. Oh, he's back. Uh, he says, please don't suggest Holden makes another SUV and badges at Commodore. I'm currently still considering the current ZB Gen wagon, given the shortage of affordable practical options down under. Yeah. Why do I have to pay at least five to seven k extra for an SUV of the same size mm. if I want just a bit more boot space for road trips? What? And most SUVs don't even offer decent ground clearance. Was this comment before or before, after the before announcement? Before or yeah, that point. It, okay, before. Okay, maybe reconsider uh, buying a ZB <laughs> if you want to have any resale value. He says Corolla wagon hybrid would actually be optimal for my needs, but yep. I'm closer to getting a Forester. To go all in and at least have a capable soft rotor. I would say get an Outback, uh, which has been the car in my garage, and I love it. Right. And he's going to tell you more we'll about it soon. Now, Just he also to... clarifies, he says, it's da Kulk, ah. one word with a soft yet audible K. Oh, beautiful. Uh, as in park. But definitely not da Kulk. K. I like okay, right, cool. So it's not da Kulk. K. I think you should reconsider changing it. <laughs> well, if he's... Oh, if he keeps the DJing up, I think it should be DeCool K. Otherwise, is, it's DeCool. This is Richard Berry. Yeah, or uh, Ricky B. Yeah. And I'm MCJC. <laughs> so, in the house. Thank you. Now, Greg Wallace, Holden arrogantly would not listen to the thousands who begged them on social media to retire the Commodore nameplate. Yep. Being an import company now, they'll have to be very careful about what they bring in to sell and what they call it. The mm-hmm. old days when Dad proudly washed his Australian-built Holden in the drive on a Saturday Arvo is long gone. I think they, Holden, have missed that fact. Those glory days for them are not coming back. I think Holden will be gone as a name by 2025. I so, think sooner than that. I think sooner than that. Greg Wallace oh, has laid yeah. it down there, though. There it is, mm. stake in the ground. And Greg and Duckhawk, your uh, comments were kind of uh, just a little bit ahead of the curve. Do yeah. they get prizes? <sighs> no. And uh, the... <laughs> But it does, but happily it does lead us on to what we wanted to talk about, which is actually the demise of Commodore and the Commodore nameplate uh, after such a long time in the Australian new car market. And and we were were thinking we should just uh, offer up some of our strongest kind of memories, Mm -hmm. our our, the best of times, the worst of times (laughs) with the Commodore. I can kick it off. Yes. I was... Probably, quite literally, in short pants and in the passenger seat of a brand spanking new VB Commodore before it had actually been officially launched in showrooms, driving down Old South Head Road in Rushcutters Bay towards the offices of what was then Modern Motor Magazine, where mm-hmm. I worked in my school holidays. Wow. And seriously, it stopped people in their tracks. It, it would. was such a thing yeah. at that time. It was extraordinary. People were like, it was the, I can't believe it's a Holden Holden. Yeah. You know, what on earth? This thing looks so European. And it's well, it small and whatever. And it was. Yeah. It was an Opal Record. Yeah. Uh, it was an Opal Commodore. Yeah. Um, and it really did break some ground. Yeah. It sold up a storm initially, but then people kind of woke up and went, oh, it's a bit too small. Mm. Uh, and that's why it grew well, over come, time. But that's a very strong memory. Mm. People, look, it was a 2850 Manual. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you wow. know, the old mm. six-cylinder engine, clunky manual gearbox. I was in the passenger seat going, oh, this is <laughs> That was the thing coming off the back of Kingswood days. Yeah. It was it was a shrink. Like, it was a tiny car. It still had the radial tune suspension badge on it, mind you. <laughs> oh, lovely. It, the first Commodores had the radial tune wow. suspension. Wow. Yeah. 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 Well, I think my, my 
I've got, I've, I've got a lot of Commodore memories. Um, I've owned a Monaro, which is obviously a, you know, really a two-door Commodore and beautiful, beautiful car. But I think my most lasting one is um, stealing uh, my father's VPSS Commodore out the front of the house that we lived in. Right. Um, most nights. A, <laughs> and it was an SS Commodore. It had a five litre V8. In those days, I think it was only like, um, it was like 180 kilowatts, yeah, right? Something Which like that. Nothing yeah. these days, you know, a Camry almost makes that, yeah, right? Right. Um, so, but it was loud. Did you sign your name in the road, you know, courtesy <laughs> of Mr. Bridgestone as you, you left the front of the residence? I, well, no. The thing is, I was terrified of him finding out because right. he's a big bloke. He was like Mr. Miyagi. He had arms as big as. Well, he still does, but his arms are as big as my thighs, right? <laughs> and um, I did he wear to... pants on his arms? Or... <laughs> How did he deal with that? He wore pants lots, lots of times, right? Okay. Anyway, um, so I used to I used to pick my girlfriend up from the movies on George Street. Okay. Um, and I used to um, I used to pick her up in that car. Well, it was right. either that or the Suzuki Vitara. Mum had a Suzuki so, Vitara. So the theft, yeah. was to impress the girlfriend. A little bit of impressive. Rather than but also, take the Vitara, I want to take Dad's. Well, Mum's Vitara had because in in the nineties you could get. Decals were huge, oh, yeah. and she, Mum had um, these hot pink cat footprint decals, <laughs> which went down the side and over the bonnet. Yeah. yeah, and so obviously it's either that or the the VPSS Commodore. <laughs> the VPSS Commodore was white with the red sort of like pinstripes Pinstripe, on it, yeah, and, yeah. and pink cat prints across <laughs> the bonnet as well. No, because your mum had had a crack at that as well. <laughs> it had did have the VP had sort of like semi spats, which sort yes. of came down oh, over the rear yeah, wheel yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. I do yeah. remember quite that. ugly. I do remember that. Uh, a little sort of rear wing as well. Anyway, starting it out the front of the house at 10 o'clock at night would, would wake my dad up. Mm-hmm. So what I used to do is I used to push it down the road a little oh, bit. and That then didn't look suspicious it. at all. <laughs> and one night, so we lived on this tiny little hill. And is there a problem, been, officer? <laughs> <laughs> one night it had been raining. Not, it wasn't pouring rain, but just enough to get the road greasy. Yeah. And I started pushing it down the road and it got away from oh, me. Oh, no. And it, the, the house wasn't, it wasn't a big hill, but a car picks up speed quickly oh, yeah. on just a slides hill. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I couldn't reach <laughs> I couldn't reach in to pull the handbrake <gasps> on. And it got away. And there was a point where I was trailing it and it was rolling down the street. Oh, right? shit. But the, the, the street sort of then sort of flattened out yeah. a bit. And I caught up to it. Right. And then I reached it. I jumped in and I pulled the handbrake on. <laughs> and this that was just the beginning of this one night. It was raining. Anyway, I drove it down to George Street, and I'm sitting at the traffic lights on George Street, and I decide to just floor it. But there's good, no... Like, good decision. 1992 car, no traction control. No. Right. right. And I've floored it, and I lost, just lost control. And oh. I've spun... I've just done a three... I've done a 180, and I'm facing the guy behind me, right? This, right? And he's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Anyway, so I picked my girlfriend up, drove her home, right? You should um, have just given him the... <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, there you go, hey, champ. champ. What do you make of that? <laughs> drove my girlfriend home. There was an incident along the way where I lost the um, the front splitter. The whole the whole yeah, bumper bar broke fell up off. with the girlfriend. And there was, uh, yeah, I was, yeah, I was sitting, screaming fight. <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a petrol station in Beecroft where I was like trying to get the the, the thing to go back and the thing for the bumper bar at the front. Oh, um, and I got it home and I was ecstatic that it hadn't killed it. Yeah. And um, I went to bed that night. And I parked it in exactly the same spot the night before. And it was everything was right. Everything was where it was. And um, I went inside and I went to bed. And in the morning, my dad was sitting at the breakfast table reading a newspaper. And I'm eating my, my weed picks. And, um, and mum's got up out of a chair and gone into the kitchen. And he's put his paper down. And he's gone, 
Next time you borrow the car, remember to put the shifter in park <gasps> when you're finished oh. with it. And he's picked his paper up and he's just kept reading and he's never mentioned it oh, ever that's, again. That's Mr. such a passive so, aggressive. Yeah. That is such a dad oh. move. Total dad move. Oh, man. Total wow. dad move. But yeah, okay, the VPSS. That's, that's a very strong yeah. memory. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. VPSS. All right. Uh, and M4, how about you? Well, my uh, first Freedom Machine was a VL Commodore. Wow. Um, was it that limited edition, the Freedom Machine? No. no, no. <laughs> it surely was one at it some point. It was just an, an executive. Ah, okay. An oh, yeah. entry-level executive yep. in, in, a, in that green, that really light green color yep. with the tan interior. All right. The three-liter with the uh, automatic transmission. Yes. So it was, it was hardly... A right. speedy monster, mm. but it was my first car that I could legally drive. I had a car before that, a HD Holden, yeah. but I didn't have my license. So, sorry, which um, generation of Commodore? VL. A VL, yes. yes. Yep. And it was an executive. Executive, yes. base model. Um, mm. And the guy who owned it um, before me was an 80-year-old bloke from Adam Inaby. So I'm from Cooma, yeah, yes. and he used to drive from Adaminabee to Cooma once a week. Which is about shopping. 60Ks? Yeah, yeah. 60Ks yeah. each way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and no, do 60Ks one way and 35Ks. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you take the shortcut. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. There is the a shortcut. Way. I've, I've done it. The fast Almost way. hit a wombat. Yeah, yeah mm. you don't want to do that. No. Um, so, yeah, this 80-year-old bloke owned it. Uh, it had 80,000 Ks when I got it, and it was yep. in immaculate condition. And, of course, being the young P-plater guy who wanted to impress his mates, I did some mods to it. I put a set of wheels. I put about four different sets of wheels on it. Pink paw prints across no, the No, <laughs> no paw prints. Were they Simmons wheels? But, the, no, no. The, I had, uh, actually, it was VXSS wheels. Oh, wow. They looked oh, mint. But right. I also had before that I a know set those of wheels. VL Calais wheels, mm. which were those dish ones, yeah. uh-huh. but they looked rubbish. So <laughs> right. I put the other wheels on it. I put two huge subwoofers in the boot. It oh, was my car geez. to get to Sydney and back You know, yeah. when I was on my P-plates. I got booked um, with only one P-plate visible and Many, too many kilometres over the speed limit. Did the did the man from Adam Inaby ever see the car uh, post your no, you know, upgrades? No, no, he no. didn't. Um, but I also did the, you know, when you were young and body kits were a thing. Yes. So I put a like a Group A uh, body kit on it yeah. and I had a set of... <laughs> wow. Oh, this started my car entrepreneurialism. Yeah, yeah. I bought this, um, you know, the VL Aero body kit? Yes. So, and yeah. it was super rare. And I got this full body kit from a guy in Canberra for 250 bucks, which was an absolute steal, with all intentions of putting it on my car. Yeah, I was right. like, this is going to be the go. Yeah. He no. just found it on the side of the road, obviously. I, or, I, no, no, no. It came off, off his car. Off his car. All right. I sold it to a bloke for 900 bucks <gasps> in town, and he never knew that I only paid 250 for it. Wow. And he was a mate of mine. Well, he so. does now. Well, yeah. Maybe <laughs> oh, if he's listening. Sorry, Nick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so this I knew that I was getting into mm. a good deal there. I that car was a, a real lovely ma- machine. Yeah. Um, I never did the. When I was you, you know it. always talking about doing this turbo conversion, like the mm. VL turbo conversion, yeah. or just buy a VL turbo instead. Yep. My yep. mate Nick had one, and it was an awesome car. His was so ridiculous. You know, the fast. most interesting VL I ever drove was at the end of the VL series. There were two hundred Calais wagons. Ah, oh, yes, because they had some Calais fronts left yeah. over, yep. and they built a limited run. I remember we had one for a week. Yep. Um, you know, I was working as a journo then. Yeah, going, mm, this will be rare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. My, my one of my best mates. 
his mum owned a Calais wa- the VL ah, Calais yeah. wagon. It's a good looking in, thing. In that maroon yeah. with the uh, champagne elements. That color. We yeah, never yeah, we were color. never rich enough to have the Calais, but we did have a VL executive, yeah. uh, a red one. And I remember coming through Kiama one night uh, on a, ho- a family holiday and the lights just going. And Dad, same Dad, yeah. right? Well, obviously. Um, <laughs> he decided <laughs> rather than... Park Dad. <laughs> he decided just to keep driving. Oh. And I remember he had a dolphin torch and Whoa. he was like, had it out the window and he was... <laughs> And he was doing so, and then he handed it to me and said, "You do that. I can't do this and drive, <laughs> right?" And I'm out the back with it. He also had a radar detector. Oh, um, oh. But that's amazing. That, not that same VL, but years later, he put a 2JZ uh, Toyota engine, straight six, into a VL. Oh, wow. And then put a two-speed a, a two power glide um, shifter. Jeez. And that when I was living in Melbourne, that would be my, my car to run around in. Uh-huh. But it was so powerful. It's a big car if mm. you can run around. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, you needed a lot of room in front just because just, when you put it into second gear, it would go <laughs> and you would just be like warp speed went, yeah. and you'd be yeah. right behind that car in front, even if it was a kilometre away. Yeah. It was terrifying. Gosh. Good, terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Goodness me. <laughs> I, uh, I also went to the VN launch. Uh, oh, yeah. So yeah. working in magazines at that point, mm. it was the long lead. So you'd oh, go yeah. a month beforehand so that you had time to photograph, write the stories and wow. then publish at the same time as the daily newspapers. Yeah. And I can tell you that between the long lead launch and the general press launch, there was an SLVN. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because cars were there badged SL. Yeah. And even in the magazine, we did SL Executive yeah. up it went, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, to, Cal- uh, to Calais. Mm. Uh, and between the long lead and the actual general launch, the SL was Kaputsky. Really? So, yeah. Interesting. Wow. So, last minute yeah. tweak. And one of my other uh, enduring memories of the V, well, the VF Commodore was mm-hmm. when I was previously working, uh, it might have been, yeah, it was VF, uh, at Drive. Uh-huh. Um, we went for a drive around Australia in that car as yeah. the final lap in the final Aussie-made car. Nice. And so uh, me and Toby Hagen, the editor at the time, um, we flew over to Perth mm. uh, where we picked up the car that had already been driven from Sydney uh-huh. to Perth. Uh-huh. And we made our way from Perth to Darwin in five days. What? Yeah. Perth to Darwin in five days? Yeah. That's a long it way. It takes longer to fly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Perth to Darwin in five days? Five days. Okay. It was I, a lot of driving. Yeah. I remember doing yeah. a drive in when the V8 Falcon came back in, I want to say EB or ED or mm. whatever generation that was. We did a lap and in a V8 Commodore and a V8 Falcon, and I think we did that in 11 days. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we weren't driving overnight, though. Right. We were sleeping in cl- too close proximity. Wow. Well, the, the editor at that time <laughs> had, to, had to get back to Sydney for Mother's Day because <laughs> he was in trouble. So we just we were like it's driving ridiculous hours. Yeah, every day. it was very unsafe. Those those were the days, <laughs> the days. before. Oh, hey, but it was, was also um, unlimited in the top end as well. We had a good speed in each uh, yeah, car. That yeah. was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, there were stopped no, off in Broome. There wasn't any legally unlimited parts of our drive, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. We had to make time. Yeah. so I think I think the ultimate form of the Commodore though was probably the Monaro, which came out in two thousand and one, and then went through to two thousand and five. I owned. Um, um, that that very first of the series, the yeah. 2001, with the petrol tank, which was a bit higher with than the petrol tank. Oh, the, came with a petrol tank that, uh, that the, the V2. Uh, I, I loved it, um, and it really was because it was based on the Commodore. It had 
excellent rear leg room, and it was just a beautiful, beautiful car. And it was a testimony to what you know. I think that was Mike Simcoe's one of his one of his you know. It was an after hours project. After hours project yeah. that he worked on, and it showed what Australian designers could do. Yeah. Um, and I just and and same with the Coupe Four, which also came it, out. It was yeah. an amazing reveal at mm. Sydney Motor Show. Yeah. In that it was a complete yeah. secret. Yeah. yeah. No one had an. Yeah. Uh, well, no one. No one in the media pack had mm. a, a clue that that yeah. thing was going to. happen. And the media named it Monaro, didn't they? Yeah. 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 So it was yeah. amazing. It was amazing, and they. Still Still fetch crazy money. They do. Yeah. They're um, obviously held in that high regard. Like yeah. you look at, you know, the equivalent year model, mm. just regular Commodore sedan or wagon. Yeah. I've, seen, like I've seen Richard's car advertised as once owned by Richard Berry. <laughs> oh. I, I sold it and bought a, an engagement ring oh. and a Ford Focus <laughs> out of it. So oh, okay. one Monaro equals an engagement that's ring and a Ford Focus. Well, that's so, you've done okay. Yeah, well, still married. <laughs> and we've only just sold the Focus. <laughs> For me, the eventual uh, retirement of the Commodore and that nameplate, to mm. me, it feels like a sports star that's hung on for a few seasons too long. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that yeah. It was a time when you could have gone out on your own terms on a high, but hung in there for a few extra seasons. Paul Gallen. Yeah. Uh, it could be. It could <laughs> be Gal. It, it's definitely not. I think Falcon probably did the Usain Bolt where they, they sort of quit while they were on top. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas Holden went on a bit too long yeah i mean i wish it could go on forever i love that car yeah. I, you know each generation i'm not not as much of a fan as this current you know in version of it but yeah, yeah. i'm gonna miss it all mm. right well there it is we salute you commodore yep. a a small Far tools late. in the shed celebration yeah. of that uh, fabulous vehicle yeah thank you for the memories and we will move on to our garage now and richard we will start with yourself yeah and it's a japanese product with a very Aussie name. It does. It's the Subaru Outback. Yes. Uh, Paul Hogan did an ad for it when it first came out in 1994, 95. Wow. Do you want uh, another shrimp on your uh, Outback? He, and it's, it, it's, a, it's a terrible ad. It's, <laughs> and it's based... It, <laughs> Most were. And it was years after Crocodile Dundee as well. He was yeah. still riding the Crocodile Dundee train. He still is. He still is. <laughs> <laughs> he totally is. He he's driving it and he goes, Oh, when you need to go to the shops in a place like this, you need something reliable. And like he's driving the outback across, you know, rivers and gotcha, stuff like that. Right. Gotcha. Um we didn't go quite that far in our review of it that we were filmed yesterday. Um but I did sort of get to test its off road capability, um and you know, its on road capability. And I I get the Subaru thing. Yeah. And and one of the things I've noticed and I've been doing this um almost ten years now, um and you get into a car and you start noticing other cars on the road, which which are you know really. <laughs> you start noticing other cars. It's on the a road. funny thing. You start driving. No, you're there's a... cars everywhere. They're all over the place. Your awareness and oh, anticipation has gone through oh, the roof. You get this spider sense. There's cars in front of you. There's everywhere. There's some of them are behind you. <laughs> You've right. got mirrors. Some of them are coming them. from this direction. <laughs> yeah. um, now you notice you notice the same model, but never in my time doing this have I noticed so many Subarus while I'm driving a okay. Subaru. Okay. And of all generations. Mm-hmm. Foresters from the first generation Forester yeah. driving along beside me. Mm. You park you park your Subaru in the street and it and it attracts other Subarus. Yeah. Yes. You yeah. find Do you agree there are Subaru suburbs? Yes. You, know, you go into totally. a particular 100%. area yeah. and obviously word of mouth has got around mm. yeah. mm. and that person spoke Oh yeah, yeah we yeah. love our outback yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Bang. Yeah. Yeah. My suburb happened. is a Subaru. Uh, yeah. This morning when I got up to drive into work, right, there was a Forester in front of me and XV behind me and I'm in the outback in the middle. Yeah, That's right. almost their entire lineup yeah. right yeah. there. Well, um, um, I'm from Cooma. Yeah. Proudly known <laughs> as the best selling Subaru place in Australia. Yeah. Is that because of the skiing? Proximity to yes. ski fields and things yeah. like that? So yeah. it mm-hmm. has the highest penetration of Subaru ownership or Subaru buyers in Australia. Yeah. 
yeah. per capita. So is so, the dealer just monstrous? It's like wow. this megaplex. It's not that big. Oh. Not that big. Mm-hmm. Right. But they, they sell a lot of Outbacks. Yeah, funnily enough, and I think I think the Outback is it's as I said in the video, it's a SUV for people who don't really want an SUV. So really, the Outback is, was based on the Liberty wagon. Um, it just has raised suspension and tough bits on it, and really that's all you need. Mm. I mean, uh, SUVs have become too tall, and that affects the handling. Uh, but the Outback, being based on a, on a car platform, drives like a car. It does feel a little bit that suspension does make it feel a bit marshmallowy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've, I've fallen in love with it. I'm mm. not a fan of the CVT. I really think everybody needs to rethink CPTs. I know that we say this every single time, right. but a dual clutch in that would be fantastic. Okay. Um, but yeah, 2.5i premium was the grade, 2.5 litre engine, just enough power and torque. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Tough what, car. What price is that? Uh, $43,000 from memory. I Don't quote me on that. but we'll, And it comes but pretty well kitted. Really well kitted out. Tinted windows, dual zone climate control, 8-inch screen, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, roof racks, Chunky, and, good and, and roof just rates. the one spec, is it? Yeah, or, uh, or there, there, are, there are more. You get a three point six ah, uh, yeah, above okay. it, and there's a there's so that was the premium. There's a two point five i as well, yeah, which is, which is about below 40 it. Grand and then there's all wheel drive, and there's, there's diesel versions as well. Right. Um, so the two point five i premium is kind of the middle of the the petrol range. Yeah. Okay. Um, but really, for for forty odd thousand dollars, it's uh, it's hard to beat. And it's going to yeah. hold on for another year before we get the all new Outback, yes. which you may have already seen on the web. Yeah, we've seen it. It does look the same. Mm. Um, but then Subarus, like Toyotas, they don't change well, too much. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, I just had a thought. We've um, got some friends, and they had a an Outback. Mm. And they needed another car, and they just went went out and bought an identical Outback. <laughs> it's <laughs> like their jeans. They're not you know? kind of people. Yeah. It's like that was a really good car. Yeah. Let's buy another yeah, one. And they've yeah, got yeah. two identical cars. Yeah. Oh, look, it's anyway. Like it's like jeans. You know what I mean? You you walk into the shop. Well, for me anyway, and you go, I just want a new pair of these ones. Yeah. yeah. And that, or, and or yeah. your dad walks into the shop and says, <laughs> I want a new pair to wear on my forearms. <laughs> he does cutoffs. Yeah. yeah. yeah cutoffs. <laughs> Crop pants. Yes. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Well, that's terrific. And, uh, Matt, you have been in a ute. Yes, uh, because it wouldn't be the Cars Guide podcast without, without some sort yes. of ute talk. Yes. Um, so I've been in the Amarok Canyon V6. Yes. That orange thing in the garage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It's, um, it is um, it is very orange. Yes. Uh, it's a limited edition model. No, um, the orange thing in the garage is a smoothie that Mel dropped yeah. a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one is Trump. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Thankfully, right. um, it's yeah. Uh, so it's a limited edition of about three hundred cars, okay. uh, dual cab V six engine. It's not the full fat five hundred and eighty newton meter one. It's the five fifty. Yeah. Um, so and it fits in sort of in the middle of the V six Amarok range at about fifty eight thousand dollars before on road costs. It's and plenty of dough, isn't it? It's a I lot mean, of money. Yeah. yeah, and especially I mean we've said it so many times before about the Amarok that it's falling behind. So quickly in terms of the safety equipment. Um, and the media interface. Yeah, I, yeah. I had a quick steer of it during the week, and that old screen looks way old It's now. way old, and it was the updated one. So, oh, wow. So, you know, like, yeah. it, there's, a, there's a long way to go for the, the Amarok. The next generation version, if it happens, will be, well, it will happen. It's happening with Ford. Yeah. But um, it'll be a, a much uh, safer car. So mm. this one doesn't even have any form of AEB. It doesn't have rear airbags. It's yeah. got no lane keeping or rear cross traffic or blind spot or any of those things that yeah. all the other utes at that price point and some 
a long way below that price point offer customers And all that these has days. happened pretty rapidly, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it feels like five minutes ago mm. that we were um, in awe of Ranger yeah, having Triton, um, yeah. AEB and yeah. things like that. And well, it's, it's yeah. happened rapidly. Yeah. 2018, none of the Utes had much of yeah. the safety gear. Yeah. The end of 2019, they've all rushed out to meet this, you know, potential 2020 uh, ANCAP cutoff date. Mm. You know, you've got Toyota that's added all the safety gear at once to mm. the Hilux, and they waited as long as they possibly could to do that. Uh, and unfortunately, Volkswagen's not going to be able to do it, that. It um, illustrates the power of, a, of an ANCAP rating, uh, doesn't it, I from agree. a marketing point of yeah. view. It's how, really forced them to do, do it. How do you feel about that, that the car makers are doing it because they have to, not because they should? Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's... It's a very good point, and sadly, it's the nature of commerce. Yeah, you know that yeah. you, you can have, um, with the best will in the world, yeah. you are a business, yeah. and the bottom line tends to take precedence. It's yeah. safety, you know, though. It Surely, safety but, comes yeah, before weather shield. I, I hear. You know, I, hear. You know, I reckon yeah. we should have a chat, a full dedicated chat about ANCAP, because I've got yeah. a lot right. of thoughts about it. And good thoughts. A lot, but no. Really? Not good thoughts. Wow. Oh, so no, you have nasty thoughts. I have nasty thoughts from, from about time ANCAP. to time. Why? Damn. Just, just can you give us a hint of why you don't like ANCAP? Why should don't. you've lit the wick? <laughs> yeah. You've lit the wick. We needed to keep that dry. Yeah. <laughs> no, let's let's save it. Okay. Okay. All save right. it. Yeah. Stay let's choose. save it. There you go. We nearly went over the wow. precipice. Yeah. We came back. Um, here. I can I can chip in with uh, a car that I've been in this week, which is the Porsche Cayenne mm. Coupe. Oh, so, the big Macan. Yeah, well, that's right. So, so what we, makes it a coupe? Well, the the roof. Right, yes. And mm. not the be, fact you, that you can you can have a debate yeah. about what is a coupe. It, yes. They're just words. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. It's yeah. it's just a sloping roof yeah. line on the thing. BMW kicked it off about 10 years ago with the X6. Mm. Yep. And then they yeah. did an X4. And then uh, Merck returned serve with GLC, a, a GLE coupe, and a GLC, GLE, yeah. coupe. Yep. And then Audi has the A8. Yeah. And Q8, then Porsche's yep. finally said, Okay, we better have one of these. Yeah. So they've gone the Cayenne Coupe. It's so mm-hmm. predictable, isn't it? Um, look, it's a logical extension mm. of the whole SUV thing for Porsche, but mm. logic is not the key driver here. Yeah. Mm. It is about the optics. Yes. It's about how this car mm. looks. Funny, and, funny yeah. though, that they've decided to call it Cayenne Coupe. Yeah. Like, why not come up with a different name? Different name. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. it looks, to me, I saw it down in the car park, it looks a completely different sort of car. Yeah. Some yeah. other N or A or An or well, something. Well, you've got Macan, Machan, Cayenne. Machan, Machan. Why not call it the, the you know, the, the Tiger? Kachan. Tigers. Tiger. We were thinking of renaming like all of BMW's that, that's cars. That's the campaign. <laughs> like a Tiger. Like a Tiger. Like a tiger. Yeah. Um, well, as a drive, it's very much like a Cayenne. It's, oh, a, it's, a, it's yeah. slightly wider in the rear track. That's, yeah. that's about yeah. it. But you've got a V6 Turbo, a V6 Twin Turbo. You've got a V8 Twin Turbo. You've wow. got an E-Hybrid. So you, you're talking 128k before mm. you put it on the road, mm. right. through to 293k <gasps> for the hybrid uh, top one. So they're not mm. expecting to sell a whole bunch of those, mm. but that's that's where it goes. Mm. Um, and I found it a exceptionally comfortable, mm. amazing. They each get the PASM, the Porsche suspension management system, yeah. um, which is not a magnetic thing. It's a valving uh, system inside the dampers. Mm. And in comfort mode, it's such a great touring car. Yeah. And when you get in the V8, yeah. it's quick. Like, it's yeah. really fast. Yeah. Um, so, but like I say, it's really, it's an emotional choice. Yeah. You're choosing this because you love the look of the car. Yeah. But it doesn't give away a whole lot in terms of its load space. I sat in the back. I'm 183 centimetres. I had more than adequate headroom mm-hmm. and heaps of legroom. Yeah. So, you know, you don't give yeah. away heaps in terms of practicality, uh, practicality either. Oh, nice. That's and good. It, I actually 
I appreciate the look of it more than the standard KN. Yeah. I think it looks like the beautiful thing about it, right? It's a KN coupe, but mm. it doesn't look like it's trying to be try hard, like, no. yeah. like a coupe. No, like version the, of an X6 like or something. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The one that we yeah. have in the garage is the entry-level model. Yeah. So that's the single yeah. turbo V6, it, but it runs on 20s. Yep. Yeah. You go to the uh, turbo and you go up to 21s and then the hybrid's on 22s and yeah. it all gets very kind of flashy. Yeah. Um, What's going to happen to all these SUVs when people are over the, over the SUV thing? Oh, they'll be cubed. Cubed, yes. Yeah. In, in a small yard <laughs> well, somewhere be, yeah. in the outer suburbs. They'll yeah. be too expensive to repair. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm looking, I, I like to browse the classifieds on the internet for cheap cars. <laughs> and I, I found a, uh, a BMW X5 uh, first generation yeah. V8 with 200,000 kilometres, original owner, uh, $1,700. Like $1,700? $1, $1, yeah. 1997? Or no, it was later than that. That's a lot of car for seven thousand one. I think you could yeah. definitely you 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 buy that as a junker. You know, yeah. Drive it until the rego runs out. Yeah. If anything goes wrong, just leave it where you park. And that's what stopped me. <laughs> it isn't registered. Ah, if it was registered, that's it. They would have had some money in their bet. account. What about that three hundred you put four grand on the other day? Yeah, no. Nah. He came back with six grand and then sold it. So. Ah. That's it was a, a Chrysler 300. That's a 4.4 litre V8. Mm. It's got plenty mm. of power. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yep. 1,700 bucks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, look, that's our garage. And another person who has big garages mm. all over the world is Elon. And it's time for Musk Watch. Great. All right. Now, here we go. First of all, the update on the whole pedo guy tweet saga is, of course, that Elon Musk won that court case. How? He was successful. So, How? Look, what I would say, preface the whole thing with, we were not there. All right? We were not in the courtroom. We were not on that jury. It'd be funny if we were. <laughs> well, let's go there. <laughs> Bang. Let's go there. We're there. Oh, here yeah, we are. Here we are. Oh, we're okay. here. No, let's go back. Guilty. And, oh. um, <laughs> so... It's, it, to me, it beggars belief. Yes. It, it seemed as though this person had been monstered on social media yeah. by someone with huge clout mm. uh, to an unnecessary degree. Mm. However, the, the, the crux of it is that an insult had been made mm. and then responding in kind was seen as reasonable. Which is rubbish. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still cannot believe... The verdict. Oh, I was no, stunned just, amazed. Just yeah. Absolutely stunned. So let's just leave it there. Yeah. So Elon, uh, I think, dodged a, a bullet on that one. But yes. there you go. But his mother, as always, <gasps> is in his Mumsy. corner. Uh, that's May Musk. May Musk. And she's tweeted a 1995 picture of Elon fixing his car mm. and saying, you know, who would have thought you know, he'd end mm. up in cars, whatever. Mm. And Elon came back and say, you know, kind of an irony because I was working on replacing the window. <laughs> in this car. And when you yeah. think about Cybertruck shenanigans yeah. in uh, the yes. last week yeah. or so, um, yeah, so that's kind of I'm, ironic. I'm attracted to his mother. Oh, dear. <laughs> you know, oh, dear. But in the same way that I'm, you know, I'm attracted to aliens. <laughs> she's like, do you know, no, but do you know what I mean? Like she's, she's, she's glamorous and she's... I'm attracted to Elon's mother in the same way as I'm attracted <laughs> no, she's, to she's Elon. No, she's beautiful and other an world, otherworldly. We've had an insight yeah, into Richard. Yeah. Yeah. An ethereal beauty. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know. yeah. All right, now Elon's also resurfaced or rebirthed his mm. idea uh, to power the entire USA via an enormous solar farm. Right. So hat tip here to Popular Mechanics. 
Elon Musk has revived his idea to power the entire US with one single giant solar farm in a recent tweet evidently directed to fellow mega-billionaire Bill Gates. Musk insinuated that his grand solar plan is virtually is actually quite simple. Wow. So Bill Gates uh, had been on Tree Hugger mm-hmm. um, and said, uh, Gates says solar energy is, quote, cute, but not the answer. Ah. So Elon said, he's, this is him on Twitter, he's deaf wrong. <laughs> he's deaf wrong. Solar power is a gigawatt per Tons. square kilometre. All you need is a 100 by 100 mile patch in a deserted corner of Arizona, Texas, or Utah, bracket, or anywhere, to more than power the entire USA. Mm. This analysis goes through calculations, and he quotes a UK uh, site. Do you mean to do my Elon Musk impression? Oh, dear. (laughs) He goes, well, that's cool. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's deaf. He's He's deaf wrong. He's deaf wrong. wrong. He's deaf wrong. So, stand by. I I think he's speaking um, figuratively uh, rather than literally, Mm. but um, he reckons that that all adds up. Now, speaking of adding up, Mm. the share price went up uh, to $352 now, and it was $330 or so the last time we sat down. So, that's a pretty solid increase over the intervening week. And Ford's still at about $9. $9. (laughs) What? And CNBC has uh, uncovered an investor that sees the worst-case scenario for Tesla stock mm. being a doubling by 2024, uh, saying that case. she has numbers to back it up. Absolutely. So ARK Investment Management's Catherine Wood says that in the worst-case scenario, she sees Tesla stock nearly doubling by 2024. Um, Wood's five-year bear case is $700 per share. Her bull case is $4,000. Right Now, when you get down into the nitty-gritty well, yeah. of why this person is so uh, determined that it's a good thing, autonomy. She's, uh, it's on the basis that full or driving autonomy will happen courtesy of Tesla and Elon Musk. Well, you can wow. bet that she's wrong. Uh, and that's, that's not the first time I've heard that. If um, I was overseas somewhere watching, I was trying to find an English language channel, yeah. and it was an investment kind of banking one from the States, and there was a very young analyst from an investment company talking about how, yeah, look, it'll be in a few minutes' time, full autonomy will be here, Tesla will be the market. And I'm thinking, Really? Wow. Do they understand how many moving parts there are when it comes to traffic jams, when it comes to different cities rolling out this technology? Don't don't talk to Richard. He's just become aware that there are other cars on there. There are other cars out there. They're all away from autonomy. Everywhere. Some of them are going the other direction. (laughs) Have you seen. He's um, been helping on the software, by the way. (laughs) Look, here's what I've learned. Have you you seen um, uh, Elon Musk's brother? Kimball ah, Musk. Kimball. He's got this sort of the like big K. Texan sort of aesthetic about him with the mm. that, the cowboy hat, and yeah. he's tall and lanky. He's very tall. He looks yes. like he's three meters tall, and um, he's trying to feed the world according to the quote uh, Silicon Valley style. Feed, right. feed America Silicon Valley style. I'm not even sure what that means. Right. So what, what, yeah. he's probably got electric cows. Uh, yeah. You know, giving milk or yeah. being uh, slaughtered in an electric abattoir. Well, he's a and, restaurateur, right. Um, right? But also entrepreneur. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Is Kimball just the wrong pronunciation of Campbell? Like, no, it's Kai. Kai it's, what, what, what sort it's of a name K-M-B-A-L. is Kimball? Kimball. Yeah. Well, Elon. Is it common? Kimball. They're kind of. Elon Kimball. Mate, we've basically got keeping up with the Musks. Yeah, I reckon, yeah, I yeah, reckon that there'll be a, a, a boost in numbers of Elons out there oh, in the world. Uh, I'll find, how about I be. find out and, and, and report work back? Okay. Yeah, I'll report yeah, back. Whether Elon has um, Elon. jumped up the, the number scale yeah. on most popular baby names. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea. All right, look, with that, we have reached the finish line. 
Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. That girl. And thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Mr. Pritchard, for his sensation. Yes, he's uh, he's had a promotion. Good on him. That was a couple of weeks ago. Um, Sensational work behind the scenes. He's wearing trousers today. He's in um, Versace leather overalls today. Yes. He's going to get on the tools in style, quite obviously. Good on him. Some work required um, in the garage. Fantastic. So the executive thing must have come with a pay rise to be able to get the Versace ones. Well, he's got a clothing budget for a start. (sighs) What's that hole for, And what are we wearing then? Come on. We need to get some money for clothes. I know. We do. Please pass on the word about the podcast and let us know your thoughts by searching for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram using the hashtag CGPodcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. If you're an iTunes listener, please rate and review us and remember you can watch us on YouTube. But Mm. before we go, I missed the bus today. I really shouldn't be this sentimental about public transport. I miss Holden. I mean, I miss Commodore. <laughs> You're going to miss Holden soon. <laughs> uh, holding on tight. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs>